I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And welcome to the House Plants Podcast. Which one of us had the high voice? Which one? You don't know. <laughs> We're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And lots of other things. Hold on. I'm the one who says lots of other things. You <laughs> tricked me. Thought I'd shake it up a little bit. All right. Speaking of shake it up, Zach, are you ready to worship the Lord? Yeah. We're going to play a very near and dear song to our hearts, an old one that we used to do from ZKB. ZKB days. All right. After you, my friend. Your 
think we've ever done yeah. that song quite like that before. <laughs> super good though <laughs> very awesome i like the way that you did a different harmony actually you started just doubling the melody and then you moved to like a lower harmony and then you hey, took a higher sorry harmony. i sprung that on you but it was a lot of fun <laughs> it was fun to do that though all right setting the mood already <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. like that? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go like 80s creepy on you. <laughs> Let's see what we can do here. Well, first off, I want to welcome everybody back to our podcast. Oh, accompaniment almost started there. We're getting a little bit spooky this episode, in case you didn't realize it. Mysterious is a song that I wrote a long time ago, and it's about how the love of God is out of this world, something beyond our comprehension. 
<laughs> that there's a spiritual world out there that exists that we can't quite define or explain away. So we're going to be talking about those things and why Christians might think or why they might be reluctant to believe in unexplainable, weird, mysterious kinds of things. When the basis of our faith is actually very mysterious in nature itself. We believe in a man who rose from the dead, who was the son of God, come down here in flesh. Um, yeah. Yet we want to explain away um, with logic and science a lot of other things. So that was just so, a glimpse into that moodiness of this episode. I'll probably give you a little bit quite more moody. later. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We're going to talk about some weird stuff. Um, this might be a good one just to kind of remind our listeners that we are not by any means the end of any of these conversations. We're, not the authority, not a professor, not a... <laughs> we're, we're, probably, we're probably just a little bit out of our depth here, but it's still really fun to talk about. So the great news about discussion is that there's never an ending point to the discussion because in my opinion i think uh, to continue seeking to continue discussing is more important than just having a finite answer so and there are certain things that we do have answers to like was jesus christ our lord and savior absolutely was he crucified was he crucified Did he come back from the dead now yeah, we believe that now the scripture is very clear on a lot of things but um, how we're interpreting them today is is different. So maybe the way that things work is a little bit weirder than we might expect. Yeah, and I think that we're a lot of times not willing to really embrace that. Before we get started, um, let's pray. Let's pray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were going. We were moving the same direction. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so uh, I can't remember who went last time, so that's fine. I'll just go. Okay, Father, we thank you so much. Um, for the ability to get together and just hang out and talk. Um, I thank you for our listeners. Um, and I pray Lord that you'd bring people to this podcast that have questions. Um, not that we have any, um, precise definitive answers for everything. Um, but that we can uh, maybe point people in the right direction and maybe speak to some things that the regular church, uh, does not usually get a chance to really talk about. Um, so Lord, we thank you for that. I ask that we would, um, just approach these subjects with humility and um, that you would just guide our conversation. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Mm. Okie doke. So I wrote a question down. Um, I kind of want to hear about both of our um, experiences, okay. maybe with something that seems supernatural. Like what's your history with that? Okay. So this is not a ghost story podcast by any means, but um Oftentimes, I think even atheists can at least acknowledge when something happens that that's very hard to explain any kind of anything force on their life. Um, so, um, yeah, I just uh, are we starting with me or um, I can go first. I feel like it's kind of mine. I feel like it's your it's this. By the way, guys, I, I kind of there's there's subject matter that are is as certain me or Zach are more passionate about. And Zach is definitely going to take the lead in this one. I'll be his backup yeah. and I'll be yeah. doing music and things, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be doing a discussion still, but <laughs> he, uh, he definitely is uh leading this time. Yeah. So yeah. If it's, if it's, if you hear me talking less, which you probably like, cause I talk a whole <laughs> lot, but, uh, it's, that's why, cause Zach is, uh, kind of taking the lead on this one. Colin has good things to say too. All Colin right. is still a good person. <laughs> Everybody just, 
<laughs> whatever you think about me, remember what we talked about criticism last time. Just, just don't think I'm bad or anything. If you if you criticize Colin, make sure it comes from a place of love. All right, here we go. Okay, guilty confession time. Yeah, I'm like really a fanboy of like the paranormal stuff. Love the History Channel, especially uh, the fact that it's not about like history hardly at all. <laughs> I've always been into like the UFO shows, the paranormal, ghost hunting kind of stuff, and um, I have to find a way to kind of reconcile that with my faith because as Christians I think the Bible warns against a certain amount of like delving into dark stuff. So I'm not like into the occult or anything like that. Um, but I think that I just really like the things that are more mysterious about life. And, um, I might be one of those Christians. That's a little bit more, um, up for embracing some of those things, <laughs> at least kind of like talking about it. Cause there's some weird stuff. And whether there's like truly paranormal things out there, you know, <laughs> you're really getting me with this spooky music. All right. Well, then I will. Cracking me up. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll turn it down yeah. just a bit. I'm um, trying to set the mood for everybody because yeah, yeah. we're about to hear about Zach's yeah. uh, spooky stuff. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's an interesting one. So um, my great grandmother, she was like a really, really strong, really great Christian lady, you know, yeah. strong faith. Um, but she also kind of had this other side, uh, because she was at least part Cherokee. I don't know. She might've been full blooded. Um, and down in Corbin where she lived, you know, there's, there's always kind of like weird, wacky stories. It's Appalachia. Yeah. You know, so she would tell us, we'd go down and we'd stay on the farm and she'd start telling like a spooky story about like something crazy that happened. And she would say that she had visions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was like a Cherokee thing, according to her. She'd be like, oh, you know, I, I I, had a vision about this family. And then the next day I found out that they got hit by a train. Mm-hmm. Something like that. <laughs> and then we were down there on the farm where there's very little light. And she would say like, well, I'm going to bed. Good night, y'all. <laughs> and then we were like left there in the dark. Like, oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> 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 so um, I can imagine it's just like, well, kids, I would tell you about the time of the gruesome murder that took place right around here yeah, she, every time at night. <laughs> she had a flair for that, uh, for the weird stuff. <laughs> so um, I had an experience that happened to me and this was not scary. I, I actually think of this as a positive experience. Okay, I here, I'll do this then. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't really, I don't really, I can't really explain this and you, maybe you can tell me what you think. I'm just going to hold on to yeah. my music until you start talking and then I'll, I'll phrase it the way that you're talking about it. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, um, I knew that my great grandmother was getting older and, um, you know, like it was near the end. She was like 90 something. Sure. And, um, I went to bed one night. And I had this dream where she appeared and she was like herself. I could tell who she was, but she was younger in appearance. Like she looked like my, it was my great grandmother, but she looked more like my grandmother looked something, you know, roughly 20 to 30 years younger. And uh, I don't remember everything she said to me, but I remember she said, um, 
Well, I'm I'm off to I'm off to go live forever now. See you oh, later. Wow. And then she like walked away. And then I woke up and I realized I had a missed phone call from my mom. And she was saying that, yeah, your great grandma passed away last night. Sorry. So it was man. pretty weird. I don't know if you've ever told me that story. Yeah. But there was something about that. I mean, you could probably explain it away as it was just a dream. I mean, I did know she was old. She wasn't in the hospital or anything like that. But, you know, I, I can't really explain away the feeling that I had, you know, that it was a very personal kind of yeah. thing. Very specific. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'll, I'll share some of Jessica's stuff in a little bit, but, um, I think she had some of the same stuff where she felt her grandmother, um, kind of visiting her after she had passed away. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that it's not impossible for, for loved ones to reach out, but I also think that it just might be people waiting for the day, you know, we're all reunited um, on the day of judgment, things like that. But, mm. but I, I really don't know because in the scripture, there's plenty of ghosts, but, but it also says things like, you know, if you're not present here on earth then you're with the Lord, you know? Yeah, I know. So there's kind of a contradiction there and I don't really know how to explain it, but maybe things in the spiritual realm are not quite as, um, clear cut as they are here. Sure. You know? And I mean, I don't want to be this guy, but um, I think sometimes God can reveal himself to, you know, to us too in certain ways, or it could just be your own heart, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I, that sounds very diminishing to say that though. So yeah, my, uh, my mom used to tell me that, um, my dad was like my guardian angel when he passed away because um, it was he was very Catholic and they had this kind of yeah uh, they had this understanding of the the passing on doesn't necessarily mean gone and forgotten you know yeah but Catholic Catholic and other traditions are. Um, they're more likely to like celebrate things like All Saints Day and stuff. Right. And that, you know, and a lot of my Methodist friends, people like Ken Southgate, you know, they talk to me about like relatives who have passed on as if like, you know, they're still around us. And, you know, Hebrews has that thing where it says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witness, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I've never really decided exactly what I thought about that, but I just thought that. Uh, that would be an interesting story. I guess I can share one if you want. We can go back and forth a little bit if you if you want to, or you want to just unload yours and then I'll go. Or well, that that was my story, but if you got one, share it. Oh, that's your whole story. That was it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, sure. So, <laughs> I don't believe that this is a broad brush, a uh, broad brush painting thing, but but I think that. In general, from what I've read and, and what I've done some research this week, it seems like women seem to be a little more receptive to the spirit. Hmm. And I don't know uh, what studies were done with that and if it's hmm. Christian or not. But uh, Lorraine Warren t- 
talks a lot about oh, that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Christy Duncan's book, we just heard from her, and she had a very, very terrible yeah. attack. And um, I will just say, me personally, I am sort of weirdly closed off. And it's not necessarily because I'm not open to the Holy Spirit. I think it's more that I am just a dumb guy that doesn't pay attention when crazy stuff's happening. Mm -hmm. Like my weird experiences of like waking up and hearing something, it's just been like, oh, well, you know what? Tired. I'm going to go drink some milk and go back to bed. Sure. You can always explain it away. And I've had that happen too. Um, (laughs) The other night I woke up and I thought it was the middle of the night. But it was like actually early in the morning and I heard like a bunch of like, I heard like the cabinets and stuff like slamming downstairs and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. I thought there was actually somebody in the house and I'm like, oh crap, what are we going to do? So I like, I I ran back into the bedroom and like locked the door and I'm like about to tell Kara, like we need to get up. There's like somebody in the house and I reach and she's not there. Whoa. She was downstairs opening and slamming all the cabinets. Ah. <laughs> Cause it was like six in the morning and she was getting ready to leave. Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, you got me starting to do the scary music. I was, like, I was oh. having fun with that. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. Uh for me, the the experiences are few and far between. My biggest thing is feeling like attacks internally in my spirit. Um, but Jessica, my wife is very, very receptive to some bad stuff. And I hate that for her because I feel like she doesn't want it, but she fixates yeah. very, very heavily on stuff a lot. And so she's, and she's got some bad sleeping problems. And one of the things that she deals with that I don't know if uh, listeners know is like, sometimes she'll get like sleep paralysis where she'll, oh, her, yeah. her eyes will open, but she's like kind of yeah. sleeping. And when I was a kid, I had night terrors. Yeah. And so it was sort of similar. I'd be up running around. But but for me, I wouldn't um, remember most of that. So for me, it was like um, like me running around and my mom shaking me and me getting up when I was really young. But uh, for Jessica, she's been plagued by this dark figure thing. And there's times when she'll be laying in bed and sleep and then get up at two in the morning and then just see like a figure at the head of the bed. Yeah. And a lot of times that has to do with times when she's dealing with like huge stress. Yeah. And I find that to be very dangerous because of what the scripture says about like attacks from demonic presences. And so for me, I get worried that in times of stress, she makes herself vulnerable to attack. Yeah. And then has these nightmares and things. And so for her, uh, her, her, her main scary stuff is like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think she would want me sharing too much, so I won't, but, uh, she's had several different experiences where she's seen or heard things that have been very, very scary. And there've always been in times when she's like stressed very, very bad. So, uh, for me, I think that part of that for her is being vulnerable. And I think you might have yeah. potentially been vulnerable yeah. in the same time with your grandma, but I don't yeah. know if that necessarily means it was a bad thing. What I you. what I experienced, um, in at least in that at that time, was more of a positive thing. I would say. Um, right, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I, I've I've heard other people say. Um, that similar thing about like uh, like a shadowy figure or something, and who knows what that is? I mean, there's 
there I, is science behind like uh, sleep paralysis and stuff. I so, think that if I'm going to be analytical realist on this whole thing yeah. and turn the music off for a minute, I would say <laughs> that uh, when you're asleep and then you're you are jarred awake, you you're you're still sure. experiencing some kind of like rapid eye movement, but your eyes are open, and then yeah. you're you're kind of your brain is still on like dream mode, but you're awake, right. and so well, who I, knows? But yeah. So, like I was always um, uh, as like a teenager, I would always watch the shows about like alien abduction. Yeah. And I was always like struck by the fact that like it always happens in the dark when people are asleep and it takes on like a very uh, similar um, experience for all these people like having it. And who knows what that's all about? I mean, the human brain is so weird. And we, like, barely understand, like, 1% of it, right? Right. So, I mean, is it likely that there's real UFOs taking people up? I don't know. But I think there's a lot more to, like, the human brain. Yeah, I agree. You know, that, like, we just don't understand. And where does God come into play with that? That's yeah. kind of my question. So. I, I don't know. That's a... I just I know this for a fact that in the scriptures it details a lot of these mysterious things and it gives them a name and a lot of it is like demonic. Oh yeah. Some of which is actually spirits of of people that live, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute. But but whether it's and this is what I want our listeners to kind of think about, like whether it is a psychological kind of thing, like a brain chemical causing it, or something else, like it really doesn't matter for the person experiencing it. It's Absolutely. still it's still like a spiritual trauma, right? Exactly. Yeah. And 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 I won't get into it, but I've done a little research on the on the Warrens and the one thing that seems to be consistent with Christian spiritual like things, like things mm-hmm. that are unexplainable, like demonic yeah. forces, things like that. There's always a little bit more hate for Christian oriented ones. And so mm. and I and we'll get into that, but yeah. for me this whole thing with hating the Warrens for these movies that have come out, calling them fake and all that. You have to remember that um, these people that are in contact with the Warrens or whatever, anybody who is looking for help, genuinely looking for help is, is it, is it really that important? If the, if it's, if it's actually fake, if the people that are experiencing it don't think it's fake and they're like suffering. Yeah. Like, uh, to me, you come with a Christian spirit and yeah. you help yeah. wherever you can. Now, you, you were telling me a bit about the Warrens, but for people who aren't initiated, who are they? Okay, so Ed and Lorraine Warren, and, I'm, and, and we are not the first to talk about them. This is like a very, very, very I didn't really about. know that much about it. I'm surprised you didn't, but yeah. they are Catholic slash Christian believers who at a time in their life decided to begin to investigate uh, paranormal activity. And they were able to research quite a bit. Uh, Lorraine Warren uh, would, how do I say that? She is known and would claim Uh to be uh, somewhat clairvoyant in that she can, feel the presence of spirits more keenly. And this is a, 
whether you whether you want to take that as a non-Christian thing and say she's psychic or whether you want to take it as a Christian thing and say that she has the gift of discerning the spirit, which she would say, uh, then that's up to you. But I would say that they are probably the the groundbreaking uh, people who started this, I would say, new idea of like ghost hunting and whether yeah. or not the people took that the origin of it in a lot yeah. of ways. Yes. But huh. there was other, I mean, the guy who I don't know his name, uh, but the guy who uh, did the interviews in the documentary about the Mothman prophecy, he yeah. was another big guy, Richard gear. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> uh, yeah. I'll have to, uh, my friend at work told me his yeah, name and yeah. I, and I forgot it, but, uh, but no, so they, they're a family that is believers who, mm-hmm. uh, who have, who have put not put on the armor of God essentially to try and yeah. help people yeah. using that as their armor to, to, to essentially try and help people yeah. rid their house of bad spirits, whatever you want to call that. And so my issue is whether or not the situations they deal with are fake to me doesn't matter as much as the help that they're doing and the proclamation of Jesus yeah. while they're doing if, it. If you're able to proclaim Jesus to somebody if if yeah. somebody walks into a hospital, th- this is how I see it. If somebody walks into a hospital and has a bloody nose, mm-hmm. and the doctor says, "How'd you how'd you break your nose?" and they say, "Oh, I walked into a doorknob." Yeah. Now, whether or not um, you investigate and find out if that person was punched or what, you're going to help them, right? Because it's yeah. it's you feel like it's your duty, uh, especially if you're a person who is a a uh, doctor who really does want to just genuinely help people. You're not just yeah. going to turn somebody away because you don't think that they're telling the truth. Yeah. And so for me, that would be my motivation if I was in their place. Anybody who doesn't I mean, matter. Yeah. Cause you know, the conjuring movies are, they are very exaggerated. Hollywood does take their own spin on yeah, it. Of course. And, and, and I'm not disputing whether or not these situations are I'm, yeah. uh, fake or not. I'm saying that these people believe that, that, um, they are helping the people that they help seem to believe it and yeah. they are proclaiming Jesus yeah. as a way of helping. And so anyway, that was a long rant back to music. So why do you think it is that we with kind of our modern outlook on things are not very motivated to look at like the spiritual side of things? Um. I just think that people want so hard to make it about something else. Yeah. They want to be realist because they think it seems weird or stupid, but gosh, there's so many things that our eyes can't see that our senses can't feel. Right. Like, I mean, what's, what's going on with the radio waves and the internet right now? Do you you need to see them to know how they work? Right. Yeah. Like, I just, I think that they're, so many times in the scripture yeah. and I would love for you to take over and, and t- go take this through that. Uh, but so many times in the scripture, there is this overwhelming abundance of yeah. demonic and spiritual activity that is documented. And, uh, and to this day they are, they are almost validated by the same descriptions. Yeah. And so we're, we're kind of in this thing now where people are either going to say, let's, just call this scientific mumbo jumbo that can be explained or say, Oh, maybe this is like it's been for the last thousands of years corroborated. Well, think about this when something is 
explained away by science or or it can be measured, that means you can control it, right? Yes. Okay, so I want to kind of remember that as we kind of keep one finger there. Um, I did a little bit of research on um, kind of our modern outlook on things. Uh, I went back to a book I had read called Desiring the Kingdom by James K.A. Smith. Let's hear it. So um, Descartes, right, the philosopher? Yes. He said, I think, therefore I am, right? Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying that, like, what makes you human is your ability to think, yeah. your ability to, like, reason things with your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so what James Smith is talking about is how Christians kind of fully bought into this, but it's actually kind of a reduced picture of a human. Yeah. Because a human is just a brain. You're leaving out the body. You're leaving out the spirit. Um, and so, especially if you think about the Reformation. So in the Reformation, they kind of wanted to bring more reason into Christianity, which I would say is a good thing overall. Um, but maybe they might have gone too far in the forms of discipleship that are pretty much aimed at the head. So nowadays when you go into a church, a lot of them are going to have um, Bible studies, um, classes, things like that. And all those are great, of course, but like if it's the only thing we're doing or if it's like heavily the main thing we're doing, like we're not really touching on a whole part of the body well, we or are, a whole part of the spirit. We talked about know? that um the way people focus on one aspect but not everything yeah and that's a big problem in our community and so we forget uh james smith talks about this concept called humans are liturgical animals Mm. that means that like you know we are made to love we're made to practice certain things we're made to like worship things you know we we have these like the ways that we like uh um Hmm. I'm not describing it very well, but like, I don't know. Take for example, like a sporting event, like how like everybody gets into it. So like you're chanting for your home team and and your body's getting into the motion or, um, you know, your, uh, your spirit is kind of getting into it because like your emotions are all tied up in like how the turnout of this game goes. Sure. Um, that's, that's what humans are. We, we are human lovings, not just human (laughs) thinkings. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So he says, wait, that wait, are you saying that's what makes us humans being humans bringing a really <laughs> weird song that nobody will know from, from the movie twister. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So what we need to do is point those natural abilities that we have, not just thinking, but like our practices, you know, the stuff that we actually get into, we point that towards God because we were made to love God. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you a thing. Yeah. Being in seminary, Mm -hmm. does that make you rethink some of these early stage Christian like beliefs that you have about the spiritual world? Do you feel like you were more uh, of a, what do I call that? Like a casual doubter before you got Mm -hmm. really deep into scripture? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Well, I'd say overall like if you're talking about um like does the supernatural exist or like is it weirder than we think i i feel like i am a kind of a balance between a skeptic and a believer sure (laughs) because um 
I'm willing to look into like paranormal things if there's some kind of evidence. The problem is there's usually not very good evidence, especially for like, you know, on your ghost shows and things like that. See, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that too. Yeah. Um, but I think that also there's this whole side of our faith life as Christians mm. that I'm learning more and more about. And this isn't just due to like seminary, but really um, even just kind of my experience in working in ministry and stuff. There's, there's some weirder things that happen with us as people, as God kind of moves us from place to place. Yeah. The, the way that a person's heart changes, um, or the way that things like affect your emotions. I think that there, it's just a lot more complicated, um, than we often realize. And I think Christians today don't really want to embrace the weird stuff. Um, if I had to guess why, I think it would be because it's not easy to control. Uh, yeah. See, that's that's kind of a, a to me a dangerous danger zone. I guess you want to call mm-hmm. it. How are we doing on time? By the way. Yeah, uh, we're at like forty minutes or something. Okay. By the way, so. if you guys like this kind of thing where I play music and Zach kind of <laughs> talks. Let me know and we'll just keep doing it. Yeah. Or if you think it's just a cool thing we can do every now and again, we'd yeah. love your feedback. I'm uh, obviously there's music overlaid on each episode, but not like live music like this. So. But um. Okay, so I kind of want to move us from point A to point B. Okay. Yeah, let's so do it. so, um, just in review, Christians feel like they're unequipped and they don't really want to talk about like the weird kinds of mystical sorts of things. Because right. we can't really control it. But then there's this other side that's like, oh, maybe we can control it, <laughs> right? Yes. Maybe we can, like, conjure up something. So I thought maybe we'd kind of That's keep... what I was about to touch yeah. on, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad you took that. Maybe let's move into some scripture and see how both of those kinds of things Please. come into play. Please do. Okay, so... I'm going to set the mood. I know let's go you're... back. Let's go back to Spooky, because we're about to tell... Read. I know what you're going to read. We're about to tell a ghost story from the Bible. It's very cool. And you uh, might not have really torn into this one too deeply, but when I read it, I was... Uh, I still of, don't think I really understand it, but we're going to we're gonna talk about it a little which bit. Which version are you reading, by the way? Um, it's just NIV. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to sum okay. up part of it, and then I'm going to read. Okay. So go ahead. Here we go. First Samuel 28. <laughs> so... Um, King Saul is being threatened and he wants to find some advice. So he goes to this um, non-Jewish woman who is referred to as the Witch of Endor. No, she's not an Ewok. Nor does she sing Yubnub. But he wants her to drum up a spirit of a dead person so Saul can ask advice. So it says in verse 13, the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He asked an old man wearing a robe is coming up. She said, then Saul knew it was Samuel and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. 
So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David, because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites. The Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. (laughs) The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. So I just like how in the Bible... Not everybody is like a stand-up moral character. <laughs> I mean, especially not Saul. <laughs> I've said this for years that I love the um, humanness of these great icons of the Bible, yeah, like Elijah yeah. and Paul. And Saul's definitely not a guy that we want as our role model. Because um, the Bible, you know, it's pretty clear in a number of places. Like you're not supposed to go like conjure up a dead spirit or whatever. Right. But yet the Bible here kind of indicates that it is possible. Right. And not, yeah, not just a recently deceased one. I mean, like a, or, I mean, there's different places in the scripture. Yeah. I'm not sure how long Saul had been, or I'm not sure how long, um, Samuel had been dead at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, that could have been recent, but but I mean, like, you know, Samuel was around when Saul became King. Right. Like his main role was to warn the nation of Israel because God hadn't, didn't intend for them to have a human king. Yes. Right. And so Samuel is the guy that's out there saying like, you guys aren't going to do well. Like he's going to rule over you and it's not going to be good. But here you go. Here's this guy, Saul. God picked him. Well, like part of, part of it too is, um, this idea of angels. Uh, yeah. Part of the Catholic faith believes uh, that, you know, you know, guardian angels, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And angels visit tons and tons of people throughout the old Testament. Yeah. And, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, the other thing is, like, and that's different from a person who was passed on. An angel is not a, not a dead person, right? But yeah. what I'm talking about is like just the just the idea of people that visit you that aren't of mm-hmm. of of a what do you want to call it solid form, yeah, uh, aren't on the same, aren't existing in the same like whatever you are. But uh, I just um, you know and and and. Uh, is it the transfiguration where Jesus is, is also joined yes. by the other two? Uh, yeah. Moses and Elijah, Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder like, where were they hanging out? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were probably with, with God in heaven, but. And here's, what's interesting about that. Um, if you take those kind of together with the ghost story about Samuel, and I'm just kind of now noticing this, but I'm thinking about like the people who are like conjurers who like want to control like the mystical side of things. Yeah. Like it never goes well for them. Right. Exactly. Like Saul, Saul like wants to like consult a spirit and Samuel's like, what are you talking to me for? Like, you know, exactly. you're going down. Sure. And then, you know, with uh, the transfiguration and one of the versions of the story, you know, it's kind of clear that like Jesus is like, don't, don't set up tents and like, camp out here like this isn't where you're supposed to be (laughs) right like you're given this experience so you can see them for a minute but like and peter and the other disciples are like let's you know let's set up shop you know let's let's stick around here because like these dead people can give us advice and stuff it's like it's not for like you're controlling yeah Yeah. well um i i think i i had mentioned a few scriptures just to like back you up on some of this stuff um (laughs) 
this is what I found that I thought was an interesting scripture too in Matthew 12, uh, 43 through 45. Um, and I'm reading from the NIV as well. When an unpure, when an impure spirit comes out of mm-hmm. a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Mm. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. This is how it will be with this wicked generation. And so this sounds allegorical Hmm. in some way. Some people might read it that way because it talks about the generation and and everything, and and it kind of paints this picture that maybe somebody is being possessed. Yeah. Um, And we talk about things that people have allegedly faked or not faked exorcism and possession. And, uh, but what's interesting is though that sounds like a parallel for the generation, many, many times in the scriptures, there is, um, real possession. And, and I think you had a scripture, uh, is it Mark five, Mark five. So yeah. And like, again, I want to keep this theme of like trying to control things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and when you think about that and you read this, um, and really, it's the whole chapter of Mark 5. Um, so, I mean, at first, there's the story where Jesus is talking to the guy, and the guy has many spirits, mm-hmm. you know, and they call themselves Legion. And he commands them to come out, and they're, like, begging him, like, don't, you know, don't, like, send us back into, like, nothingness. Let us at least go into the pigs. Don't torture us before don't our time. Don't torture us before our time. Yeah, that's another thing that they say. So Jesus is the only one who seems to, like, exercise, like, complete control yeah. of the spiritual realm, which I think is crazy. And it's, it's, like, really clear in the book of Mark, too, because, like, focuses a lot on, like, these demonic instances. Exactly. And, um, like cosmic geography speaking you've got um judea and then you've got the nation of israel in the north and the hebrews thought like okay this is god's turf right yeah so like we're safe like in israel and if you read the book of mark like it kind of telegraphs certain things because all the places that jesus goes at least for the first part of mark i think um that like Capernaum and all these Caperna- other <laughs> Capernaum. It's all these places that are kind of like border states, you know? Yeah. So like to go out and seek the demonic is like actually leaving Israel behind. That's kind of like how the story goes. So right. no Hebrew would have said that like they have control over things that are happening like outside of Israel. That's where like the demons are and they're taking stuff exactly. over. Um, Jesus just goes and he's like, Nope. Like, I have control over all this area, and it's, like, even the area outside Israel yeah. is my domain. So it's, like, really powerful stuff if you know that context. And then again, in in that same chapter, he um, raises a dead little girl to life. Right. And he says um, to her, Talitha Koam, which is just a very simple, like, get up girl. Yeah. Well, of course, like, there's always been, like, magicians and sorcerers and stuff in ancient times. Right. And they would always have, like, um, you know, like, little spells that they have to cast, like... <laughs> that's why, like, in D&D, <laughs> you gotta, like, um, 
you gotta take a turn to like cast your spell because you'd have to like read it you know yeah. off a scroll and stuff yeah. so oh, by got- the way we play uh, <laughs> games with people in fellowship so just know that we're nerds and that we play some total games on nerds. the table total nerds. sometimes yeah but you know Jesus is demonstrating that he's not like some kind of sorcerer he's not like manipulating the cosmic world to like through some kind of scroll or spell or something. Sure. Like he wants to like show us that like just with a word, I'm casting out demons. Like he says, ekbalo in yeah. Greek, which is just, just means like, get out. <laughs> like I cast you out. <laughs> well, like uh, there's, it's interesting too, because there's a different scripture I found and man, I'm not gonna be able to think of it too. Somebody comments and let me know what the, the scripture of this is, but it's uh some Jewish guys and they're, they're trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Oh, in acts and acts. Tell me about this. Yeah. And, in, and yeah. he, uh, the guy that they try and cast demons out of is like, Oh, we know Jesus yeah, and we know God, but who are you? And they're like, Oh, Oh, we didn't know what we were doing. And then they like beat him up. <laughs> like the demon infested <laughs> guy gets like, gets angry and beats up the guys. Yeah. And so what I guess I'm saying is that it's hard for anyone to go up against a, like a demonic force because we're not Jesus. Yeah. So we have to really believe that what we're saying and what we're rebuking is like in his name. And even then it's dangerous because it it says that in the scripture, uh, that it can be like never challenge a demon and things like that. So, um, but anyway, back to, back to that whole like armor of God thing. Like I said, like, yeah, you could be tormented by a demon and not be a Christian. Yeah, and then what armor do you have, right? Right. Yeah. And so, I feel bad for people who may or may not be under attack, and they're just feeling like they're angry or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just, I want to. I mean, if it were me, and I knew that in that moment somebody was like under an attack by a demon, and I had the discerning to know that I'll go to their house and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of this house and never return. Mm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause I feel like that got the word of Jesus has power over, yeah. over that. And so yeah. I don't know. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. I, I'm like, I know and nothing is impossible for God. And I know that Satan is crafty and his minions are crafty. Yeah. And so I'm not just going to like write it off because the second you write yeah. it off and, and, uh, there's a different scripture that talks about the the devil trying to to mask himself as like an angel, trying to look like somebody that different, right? And so I just, to me, I just think it's it's not a safe assumption to just say that they don't. There's nothing out there yeah. that exists because that's a scary sentiment. I feel like, yeah, I think you know, I think that there's two ways that the enemy can torment people, and like one would be um, somebody who's like receptive to like the weird mysterious stuff and they might take it too far. And I feel like the, I feel like the devil can, can work within that. Um, but I also feel like, you know, maybe the more dubious way would be like convincing people that it doesn't exist at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a tactic. I feel like, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, whether, you're somebody who kind of goes along the philosophical route, like starting at the enlightenment and you like more the scientific skeptical kind of thing. 
I think that, you know, you might, um, you might fall into that trap of not really realizing that things are more spiritual than you recognize. But then on the other hand, you know, you might fall into the trap of delving too far into it, like seeking it out. And right. Stuff. And I always That's tell, not good I always tell Jessica too, yeah. to just not give any power to anything that yeah. is not of God. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Never, never, never. Yeah. That's why I'm so like, so cringy about anything like yeah. Ouija boards. It's just yeah. so yeah. bad. Well, what is a Ouija board? I mean, it's like a tool, right? Yeah, but it's a tool for something bad to enter into your home and mess with your children. But what are you, what are you ultimately trying to do with a Ouija board? You're trying to like get a message out of it, right? Yes. Again, that's that control. I yeah. think, I think that both sides of what we just mentioned, both pitfalls, it's, I think it's the enemy trying to get you to say like, no God, I'm in control of this. I control sure. my fate. I've, I've not thought of it that way, but it does make sense. You could be like Saul and be like, I'm going to play this like spiritual game. And people do go to like mediums and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, like, oh, maybe I'll get something out of this and I'll be able to kind of control my own destiny. And then, you know, the other side is like, well, Saul is definitely trying yeah. to be in control in that story. Yeah. And uh, even Samuel has to be like, are you dumb? God is not <laughs> listening to you because you're acting like this. Yeah. Yeah. He's not giving you what you want because you're being this yeah. way. I think, I think that the modern thinking kind of people like us, like we might do the same thing too. It's like, Oh, we can control, um, our fate with, with science and with uh, reason right. and stuff. So you gotta, you gotta watch out for both those pitfalls. I also think that, like you said, I think yeah. it's a bigger, it's a huge can of worms to talk about oh, yeah. this thing. But I think one of the biggest problems in the world right now, and we'll talk about this one day, I hope, but that there's people out there that do not like the idea of Christ, Christianity, or anything righteous yeah. because it stands to tell them you can't do everything and anything you want to do whenever yeah. you want to yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. And they go, uh, yes, I can. And then it's just like, well, we, we're sorry you feel that way. Yeah. And it's like, it's the idea that if anybody tells me what I can and cannot do, they are evil and they shouldn't be like talking to me. And I'm like, if your father tells you to put the keys away because you're drunk and you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> yeah, you should. You're going you to rebel and just. Sure. Of course. So, so for me, that's, that's, that's stressful, but. Uh, yeah. but that's, I mean, there's more freedom yeah. in releasing that to God. I feel like, and there's yeah. more, and there's way more happy freedom when you just like take a demonic presence in your home and say, I lift this up to Jesus Christ. And I just know he'll take care of it. And you know, for most like 99.99% of the cases that I've heard about where somebody has like been kind of tormented by something, um, if they are a true believer and they come to Jesus with this, it usually goes away or it usually doesn't affect them so bad that it ruins their life or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I just think that it's, it's kind of like, yeah. even if somebody said, you have a 3% chance of anything bad happening to you? Yeah. Just go ahead and do it. I would still be like, why take the chance? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why subject yourself to evil to, to sate your curiosity? I just yeah. don't. Yeah. But but I w how much time do we have, Zach? We're about done. But I did want to say one more thing. Um, okay. I also wanted to say that, like, as Christians, we should be more willing to, like, bridge the gap, I think, and talk to 
like there's like a whole like kind of paranormal weird community out there and they're yeah. like they're really embracing mystery and I feel like it's easy for them to kind of get led astray because there's I not agree. a lot of Christian voices in I that agree. world outside of like Catholics who do exorcisms and things like the like, Warrens. Yeah. Like the Warrens. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that would look like, but the Bible clearly has a lot of like really weird, unexplainable kinds of things. Right. And so I think that we have more to talk to them about than we realize we do. Right. And, and so and I don't, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just suggesting that, um, that be a mission field. <laughs> I think so too. Um, I know we were out of time, but I'll just tag on the end. Uh, and you've already covered this quite a bit, but I'll just say that like for people who look at anything and call that the representation of that group, like yeah, for people who look at Christians who are clearly exploiting people's belief in the supernatural to perform miracles at church, to do exorcisms yeah. and videotape them, to touch people's faces at a big church rally and make them convulse on the floor. And then and, and you find out later that it's a, somebody who's being disingenuous who just wants to put on a show any of that stuff that does not mean that the bible is not clear and true about those things just because a community represents something poorly does not mean that it does not exist god can do that (laughs) and whether he's doing it right there or not you know i don't know right well like what what i would say is that and uh you've already touched on this too but what Mm. i would say is that relinquishing control and allowing God to to put your trust in God with these kinds of things. And just remember that nothing happens without him watching over it. And so if you have anything weird going on in your life, I'd say God is the first place to look. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, I mean, I know that's the easy answer, but like uh, I saw ultimately, He's in control of things and he's not only in control of the physical world, but the spiritual as well. Absolutely. I mean, it is a totally one sided fight. Yeah. The devil gets smacked and crushed and flattened like a pancake. Right. So I would just say, be, be careful, protect yourself. Uh, always remember that God is fighting for you and, um, just be safe. That's what I would say. <laughs> Don't invite anything yeah. in that God wouldn't want you to invite in. But life. we want to invite you in uh, to our Facebook page <laughs> <laughs> and Patreon <laughs> and Twitter and everywhere else. Check us out. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good one. Thank you for stopping in. It's, have a good week. We'll see you next time. See ya.